Welcome to Politics Welcome Done Right. To- My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Good morning to the United States of America. And of course, good morning to the rest of the world. We are going to have a great program for you today. But before we get started, of course, we go to our favorite geniuses in the control room at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Good morning, my brothers. And good morning to you and good morning to the Virgin Islands. Why the heck oh. not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Berto. that. I had the opportunity to go to Baton Rouge uh, on Wednesday. as It was a travel day. You can get this radio station darn near to Lake Charles. It, you it's have in and got out to be kidding Beaumont. me. No, it's in and out around Beaumont. And then it picks up again just after the Texas uh, border. And runs you all the way almost to Lake Charles. Wow. And last night I was coming home and I picked it up in Lake Charles and it's it, it's in and out in those areas, but you can get it uh, well within Louisiana. So good morning, Cajun land. All well, right. We may need to have that. Some, <laughs> yeah, there's got to be some Kunises over there listening. <laughs> we are all going right. to do it. Friday morning at the radio, and ladies and gentlemen, it's Jack Van Bever with some wisdom for you today. All right. Um, people of privilege. Oh, good good morning, Egberto. Good morning, <laughs> sir. Get that. Uh, people of privilege make the decisions that oppress the underprivileged. That's how they get their privilege. <laughs> Those rats. Those rats. Those grinches. I'm telling you. And you know, hey, that was short and sweet and insightful. It's Uh, true, too. Yeah, and so true. You're absolutely right, my brother. You're absolutely right. You know, you always get me started, Jack. But I always think about the people. Well, Jack, do you think we should hijack a show today? Oh, I think some of this will be in his show. Oh, definitely. Okay, well, well, we're going to give you your show back on Friday. Well, let's all remember what I say all of the time, because I mean it from the depths of my heart. This is our show. This is our Our show. show. Our show. Don't ever. An hour long of truth. Absolutely. We are. We are the world. Anyway. Hey, look. All right. Truth on us today, man. Yeah, we are going to talk about. Houston, uh, the mayoral politics. But here's the deal. I want you all to listen to this, not only from a Houston perspective, because this occurs all over the country. Title of the show today is Houston Mayor Turner calls out John Whitmire for his dog whistle. Mehdi Hassan's show got booted. Houston, the mayoral candidate. John Whitmire used a well-designed dog whistle against Mayor Sylvester Turner to nudge a particular voter away from Sheila Jackson Lee. And the second topic, of course, MSNBC canceled the Mehdi Hassan show. And it's interesting because just uh, yesterday evening, an interesting report was released about uh, the actions of the Israelis intelligence forces and 
military as uh, relative to what occurred with Hamas. And I think it's bear mentioning, and I think it's bear mentioning in the beginning of the program. First of all, I remind everybody that I am not taking on our KPFT show position specifically on uh, the Israeli-Palestine issue. That's complex, creates a lot of a, a lot of time that I don't want to detract from the social justice, economic justice, uh, criminal justice that we take care of on this program. But this article last night by the New York Times has to be looked at relative to the way we also handled 9-11. And one has to ask why. The title of the New York article was Israel knew Hamas attack plan more than a year ago. More than a year ago. Not only did they know the plan, they had the blueprints, they had the paperwork. And there are two reasons why uh, nothing likely was done. Uh, One is whenever you look at your opponent in anything, and this is not about right or wrong on the Israeli-Palestine issue. Whenever you look at your opponent as less than, whenever you look at your opponent as not intelligent, whenever you look at your opponent as just those others, you have a tendency to disregard their, their capabilities. We have done that as a country uh, for so long. Uh, we've, when you think that you have some sort of a supremacy, a superiority, that somehow you are better and you start to believe your own reality or your own false reality, you make a lot of mistakes. Sometimes they are mistakes that you, you want to make, but sometimes it just comes from you having this false sense of who you are. And I think in the case of the Israeli leadership, that New York Times article showed a bit of both. Uh, one implicitly and one explicitly. According to the article, several times over a year ago, this document was passed along to the Israeli authorities. And they said things like the following. That operation is too complex for those people to execute. So we don't even, we are not even looking out of possibly defending our own people, our own citizens, because this paperwork, this looks like an operation that Israel could do, man. How the hell do you expect those people? those animals, those dummies to do something like this. They can't execute an operation like that. They can't come and invade an Israeli base right outside of Gaza. They can't break down walls that we have automatic machine guns to take care of. They can't do that. And you know what? We're not talking wrong or right here. We're talking about what occurred. They did. 
So the question one has to ask is we Americans as the funders, a major funder of what's occurring in Gaza right now, should we not have a say in how that country clean up its mess with our dollars? With the amount of money that we are going to be sending to Israel, our taxpayer earned dollars. With the kind of mismanagement that has occurred with intelligence, etc. And you want to tell us now. You know, when not, by the way, folks, I want to remind you what occurred with uh with with Hamas and Israel isn't unlike what occurred on 9-11 with Al-Qaeda. Because remember, Bush had in his morning documents that there was going to be an invasion of the United States using commercial airlines hitting buildings. That was a known fact that CIA, I can't remember the name of the CIA agent who hammered that into the Biden, into the Bush administration. And again, because of what, because we believe we're supreme, because of our supremacy, we just didn't believe those others are smart enough, disciplined enough to execute such a thing on the United States. And when it occurred, and we are so pissed off, we are so embarrassed. We go into Afghanistan, we blow it up to smithereens, many places. We then go, we then use it as a pretext for an outcome that we wanted. Why let a good, a good terrorist act go to waste? We go and we invade Iraq in order to prop up our defense industrial complex, in order to prop up our oil industrial complex, in order to prop up our defense. All these people in order, we're going to make a dollar off of our own mistake or maybe mistake in quotation. Going back to Israel, Hamas, Palestine. Read the New York Times article title. Israel knew Hamas attack plan more than a year ago. Welcome aboard, Alistair Waters. Did you see the latest report that Israel knew about? Yes, I did. And and remember, remember, uh, Alistair, we have been speaking about th this before this New York article came out. Haratz, the the art, the the, the pay, one of the highest high papers in Israel pointed out that not only did Israel know that Hamas was planning something, the Netanyahu government, the Likud government, want, and, and this, folks, this isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't some sort of anti-anything here. This is all fact-based 
corroborates information that can be corroborated. All of this is corroboratable information. Hamas, or rather the Likud party, that right-wing party out of Israel that that uh, Netanyahu is a part of, Netanyahu leads, they said that it was in their interest to allow Hamas to be funded so that it would be a backstop to the Palestinian Authority, the leadership of both, which used to be the leadership of both Gaza and the West Bank, because they thought that by keeping a terrorist, a terrorist government funded, that somehow that would prevent any possibility of a two-state solution. And they got burned. They sacrificed 1,200 innocent Israeli citizens to the massacre, the terrorist act by Hamas because of all these calculations. And I won't even call them mistake, assumptions that those others are dumb, that those others could not execute what has occurred, what they executed, what they executed successfully. And then Netanyahu speaking to his Likud party, attempting to stay in office for his life, tells them something that he also spoke about in 2019, saying, I can control the United States government. I, Netanyahu, is the only one between a, 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 a Palestinian state living side by side with Israeli and are just a homogeneous Israel state. That is from, and you know, you know that term that they want to use that I will not use on this station because a lot of people are going to assert differently. But again, Netanyahu this week goes out and tells his Likud party that he can control American uh, opinion. He can control American public opinion. He can control Joe Biden's government to ensure that there is not a two-state solution. That is what we're dealing with. That is what we're dealing with. And then, and then, too often in our own country here in the United States, anybody attempting to speak some truth to hold people accountable, or either attempt, they attempt to hush them, or attempt to brush them with the fallacy that they, for speaking out against a corrupt government, the Netanyahu government, that somehow makes them anti-Semitic. I want to first tell those people that are truly anti-Semitic, we hold you accountable for your racism. Anti-Semitism is no different than any other form of racism we have in the United States of America. Yes, we have that, and it continues in the country. But let me reassure you, 
that speaking that those of you who are trying to make sure we don't make the mistake that will bring us blowback because we allow a corrupt Netanyahu government to be complicit in harming others, we must never allow that that the fear of being called anti-Semitic when we know our Jewish brothers and sisters, especially specifically the ones that many who have called me, some have asked me, you know, you should talk about it on KPFT Egberto. You should speak more about it on KPFT Egberto. You should. And I'm saying, well, look, man, there's like, you know, we've got your back, Egberto, because listen to the facts. Netanyahu is not our friends. These are Jewish Houstonians, Jewish New Yorkers, Jewish, uh, many of my Jewish brothers and sisters telling me my moratorium on, on going too deep in the subject should really end. Well, I love my Jewish brothers and sisters who are telling me that, but I'm just leaving it to the extent that I just spoke about the error, not going into the genesis of the country, etc. All right, let me interrupt this for now and go to Gonzalo. Come on in, Gonzalo. Uh, let's, you're on. Good morning, Alberto. Happy Friday. Good morning. Happy Friday, my brother. Yeah, just uh, listening to you, uh, just uh, 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 reminding that uh, uh, almost uh, 40 years ago, uh, 1963, um, JFK was assassinated in Dallas. Yes, I and remember. I visited Dallas recently. I've been there many times before. I went to the museum. And, uh, it's very related to my the country I was born, Cuba. Um, I remember, yeah. I also read some other articles this week about and I watched a documentary on uh, National Geographic about the uh, legacy of uh, JFK. And, uh, I mean, to me, the most important achievement of his short uh, presidency was the uh, anti-nuclear uh, agreement, uh, you know, after the uh, missile crisis uh, right. in, uh, in 1963. And the day of case, he uh, was able to negotiate an agreement and a, a nuclear uh, deal with the Russians, with the Soviet right. Union. That's, Th that's when they took out the missiles uh, out of Turkey as an exchange, but they didn't quite let it be yeah. known. Yeah. Exactly. So there are seven theories of why JFK was assassinated. Uh, no one has come to the conclusion that. Why and how and who? Because obviously was not the only the only one shooter, and uh, there are evidence. But uh, the clarification of the facts has been a uh, pending task for this nation. And uh, I also want to mention that uh, a few days ago, I think it was yesterday, uh, uh, Henry Kissinger, I think. Uh, one hundred, and uh, he was one of the uh, most uh, prominent uh, uh, U.S. ambassadors uh, and uh, uh, 
one of the members of property. In my own opinion, it was more enough uh, to steer the pot from some countries like Chile, where we promoted and encouraged the entire group that And uh, also, he was extremely important in the association and the peace negotiations with Palestinians uh, uh, and their Israeli people being here, being in the U.S. And uh, after many years, nothing has proved. So I just want to mention these two historical leaders uh, with their. Um, uh, uh, I would say the things that they did right and wrong. Uh, thank you very much for your thank you very much for your commentary, Gonzalo. All right, let's go to Alan. Come on in, Alan. Uh, hola, señor Willis. Hola, cómo estás, hermano? Todo bien. I'd like, yeah, yeah. I'd like, uh, I'd like. To, uh, I was wondering, you know, perhaps if you could say something about APAC's uh, efforts to spend $100 million uh, to try to unseat the squad Congress uh, women. Oh, absolutely. Let, let, me, let me qualify that, first of all. Um, I consider APAC a very, very dangerous organization. And this has nothing to do with APAC being a, an organization that supports uh, lobbying for the Jewish state. But the problem is when you have an organization that I don't want to say funded by a foreign government, but we know how money is fungible. But when it turns out that uh, that Jamal Bowman AOC, uh, Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Ayanna Presley, and uh, I can't remember the congresswoman from Pennsylvania, are targeted by this one organization and they're willing to spend $100 million to try to defeat them, including paying 20, attempting to pay $20 million to support somebody going against Rashida Tlaib. That tells me that we have an organization attempting to purchase the United States government. When I see that somebody like uh, earlier on during this conflict, I told people there are three journalists, only three journalists in America right now that you will hear the unadulterated truth, not pro or against Israel, not pro or against Palestine, but because of their lived experiences, because of what they know, they can be trusted. That was uh, Mehdi, Mehdi Hassan, uh, Eman Mohyaldin, and Ali Velchi. Those are the only three journalists I listen to and many times I have to listen in between the lines because they can't say all that they need to say on our media here. And yeah. I tell you what, uh, Hassan had a tough interview with Regev, a former Israeli ambassador and now, and, and now advisor to Netanyahu, 
and he was summer, his show was summarily canceled last night. Okay? So oh, what okay, I'm saying, right. okay. Alan, yeah. is when you have an organization like APAC that has that power, I'm not saying they're responsible for Mehdi Hassan because I do not have evidence of that, but we do know that the intent is to get rid of as many of the squad as they can. What they don't realize, however, is that they will embolden and empower the squad, a group of young people speaking truth to power. Go ahead, my friend. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, th- th- those are pretty much my sentiments. You know, thank exactly. you, Alan. I just you know, want to talk to you. Perhaps you could enlighten the audience. But, uh, thank you, thank Alan. Thank you very much. You, know, good you have a wonderful you. day. Thank you, sir. All right, let's go to Augie. Come on in, Augie. Hey, uh, good morning. So it good. wasn't the CIA that advised George W., it was the FBI. And, right. Uh, he disregarded uh, the FBI agents that had those Arab uh, flight students under surveillance, and they told George W. about it. And uh, there's a recording of the conversation of the morning uh, security briefing that he had. Right. And, uh, that's, what, that's what I couldn't you know, remember, the security briefing, security briefing, yeah. Yeah. And he cut him off and said, okay, you covered your ass. Now tell me about weapons of mass destruction. Right. And, and, the agent went back to his boss, and his boss told him, well, the president doesn't want to hear about those Arab flight students. Move on to something else. And the FBI are the ones that had the experts on Al-Qaeda. And uh, the CIA complained about it because the CIA handles everything outside the country. So uh, 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 well, the interrogation, they used information that that expert from the FBI got and, and claimed that they got it through the torture they did or what, or what they say was interrogation. Right. Uh, but going back to uh, Israel, there's a military uh, general from China and he gave the tenets about being a good general. And one of them is don't underestimate your enemy. If you underestimate them, you're going to be in for trouble. But Netanyahu did not underestimate him. He helped create Hamas to counter the PLO. So that's how he knows so much about Hamas, because they're supporting Hamas. But uh, you know, he was getting a lot of flack from the Israeli. And the ones that were the greatest were in the kibbutz. They got attacked and they lost over a thousand people. That's why he withdrew the idea from them and uh, let Hamas know, hey, you can come and get them. Well, and that's let, me just, let me just say one thing, Augie. I don't have the specific, and you know, I, I try to be, uh, whenever I'm speaking, on, especially on these issues, to have the, the, the backing, the corroborating documents or whatever to say that, right? So that part, that part that says, I took them out and told them, or, 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 you know, allowed them to come in, I've heard that. I don't want to put that out there because I have no evidence that uh, they actually knew on October 6th that stuff was going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. But we do know that they laid the foundation for it to happen, you know, uh, by what they did. Go ahead, Augie. Right. But the Israelis themselves had a protest, and they blamed Netanyahu for those thousand-plus people being killed. But and they, they don't should. See that they the, should. Yeah, and 
And they're saying it's Netanyahu. That's not Hamas's fault. It's Netanyahu's fault. Right. Anyway, let me say one other thing, Augie, because this is important here, right? This goes back to something Biden said. Uh, Remember, uh, we have to remember this, in my opinion, and this is now my opinion. I believe that uh, I I kept the, the thing that keeps in my head all of the times is when Biden said if there was not an Israel, we would have had to create an Israel. And I tie that into what uh, Charlotte Dennett, who wrote the book, uh, Follow the Pipelines, that I interviewed. I'm going to play that on KPFT pretty soon. Uh, not today, some other day. Where, where all these things are intertwined. Uh, America needed Israel. And then you listen to what uh, the, the, the governor from uh, the former governor of South Carolina, uh, Nikki Haley, had to say when she comes out and she say, we need Israel more than Israel needs us. I want you to tie all those dots together and figure out exactly what that means. Biden stayed in. Again, I repeat, Biden stayed in. If there was no Israel, we would have had to create it decades ago. When, when Nikki Haley still saying stuff like, we need Israel more than Israel needs us. Israel is our friend. Understand what that means. Understand what that means. That means that, do you really think the American government care about those, the, the, our brothers and sisters in Israel? No, they don't. It's all a geopolitical play. And we have to understand that. And we are made the pawns in the game of that geopolitical play that I'll go into it, not today, but some other time. Anyway, finish up for me, Augie, so I can get to Spike and Moses. Well, when the Jews say the Arabs are anti-Semitic, the Arabs are Semites themselves. Right. If you look in the Bible, they both came from the same forefather. So what's happening now is more like a family spat. They're brothers against each other. But remember now, ethnicity, ethnicity, race, religion, ethnicity, race, religion. I want all folks to look at the, the leadership in Israel right now, the generals in Israel right now, uh, from, from a point of view of the people that, that inhabited that land, the people that came out of Egypt to, to populate. You remember when, when uh, Moses brought, Aaron brought the, into the, are those the people that are currently running Israel? I want folks to look at, I'm not going to talk about it here, but I want folks to look at those issues because you just made a very important point about what Semite means and look at it in the context you just mentioned it as well, Augie. You brought up a very important point, sir, but we won't talk about it now. Anything else, Augie? Anti-Semitism. Who are the anti-Semites here in America? It's the Nazis and the KKK. And they marched in Charlottesville when they killed that young woman. Right. And Thank who you. said they were okay guys? It was Trump. Trump right. said that the American Semites, anti-Semites. Augie, Augie, I gotta, I, I gotta let you go, Augie, because I want to bring in Spike and Moses, and I need to play something about the uh, mayoral contest that I, I must get in at, at yeah. twenty till. So thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, Spike real quick. Spike, I'm not going to be able to spend a lot of time with you or Moses, but I want to get you in. Come on in, Spike. Hey, how are you doing this morning, you all? I'm doing fine, sir. Okay, uh, first off, I just I want to speak on 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 Henry Kissinger right quick. You know? Yes, please do. 
I want to do a quick thing on every own. On Henry Kissinger, man, this man, this was one of the most evilest, oh man, heartless killer on this planet, along with, you know, it's the other ones, a bunch of other ones too. But this, this is the man that went before Congress back in, it was either 59 or 60, and asked Congress for uh, 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 money to give to the military to create a biological weapon to to put over to go and uh, expose over in the third world countries, which is over in Africa, for population control reduction. That's Henry Kissinger. That's that one. <laughs> so an outstanding person. That's who he is. That's who he is, and you can take that for your record and see, did he do that? He did that. And they killed, he, he, he along with, there was another guy, I don't know if he was Dutch, uh, but he killed over 20 million people over in Africa. They don't talk about that. All they talk, they talk about the Holocaust. They don't talk about what they did to the Africans over there. And as far as Israel, <laughs> Like, like you said, Biden said that 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 uh, uh, if, if, if if that if it wasn't Israel there, if they would have created another. It would have been an Israel. Israel was created to protect the U.S., France, Britain, all their interests over there, so they can when they built that Suez Canal, so the water can go in there, and they can have them ships to go in there and bring that all out, bring the diamonds, the gold. Thank you very much for your commentary. Now, there's one thing I want to take. There's there's one thing I want to um, to clarify. And you know, as I said, I, as far as uh, 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 Kissinger and the biological thing, uh, that is something I have to research. I'd never heard of that one till you mentioned it. I'll look into that. Now, with regards to uh, uh, now, as far as the type of person that Kissinger is, Kissinger is, as far as I am concerned has always been an evil being. We have to remember that he got a lot of Thank Americans you. killed in Vietnam. Let's remember that. So anyway, Thank you. Spike, thank you so kindly for your call. Let's go to Moses. Come on thank in, Moses. You. Buenos dias, hermana. Como estas, corazón mío? Bien, bien. Okay, let me say this. What is happening there now? This is an enigma. And it's a mirror in the face of the whole world. Israel, 75 years of oppressing the Palestinians. The United States of America, we know the history. I don't have to repeat it. Now, Netanyahu boasts on the delusions, on the American delusions. 
thinking he is their friend and now he's both things. Those who know, Israelites who know the Torah or the Bible, they have seen, God have seen this before. They have seen this before. They have seen Sennacherib boast and say how he's going to take down Hezekiah. And, and they, he was told, they were, Hezekiah was told, don't worry. I will put a bridle in his, his, his lips and, uh, and a hook in his jaws and I'll drive him back the same way he came. So they have seen this. Now, the central focus of peace among the Semites in the media, they will come to one nation. They will understand. Before that, Jews and, and Semites, they all lived in peace. Until you ask yourself, who came out of Europe to, um, to form Israel. What is Jews? Think about that. Now, you know, I, 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 Moses, Moses, I have a hard stop here. And the last, I want to leave the audience with the last questions that you made. And let's take that up on okay. Monday because it's, uh, and, and I'm, like I said, I'm going to do it with a lot of care. But that last statement that you made is very important. Let me, so let, let me say one thing. Real let quick, real quick. And I will say, Israelis are aware of their history, and the ones and there, the, the 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 group of people from Israel and Jews who are saying, "Not in our name," they know they do not stand behind Netanyahu. Not exactly. in our name. Thank you, brother. Thank, Thank you. you, sis. Thank you so kindly. All right, folks, I need to play this video with our uh, mayoral candidate John Whitmer, and then uh, the response from our current mayor, uh, Turner. This is gonna take a bit of time, so I need to get it started right this minute. Dog whistles are most effective when they are used in narratives that seem to have very little to do with what the dog whistle is all about. So as uh, Whitmar, who's running for the mayor of Houston, is asked about diversity in Houston. He wants to make an attack on, well, not an attack. He wants the voter to think by going ahead and electing a black woman, you are likely, or I should say a black person, you are likely to see what this current black person who is, is holding the office of mayorship in, uh, in Houston is doing with regards to all the different ethnicities that live in the city. But if that current mayor has done a good job in making sure that his administration is a diverse administration, what do you have to do? Misrepresent it. And not only misrepresent it, but also do it in a manner that seems like you are not uh, you are are writing above the fray. You're not implicating that Sheila Jackson Lee would do uh, <clears throat> what she would do, but you put the inference in people that says, "But look at what Sylvester Turner did, and what you did to Sylvester Turner, the current mayor of Houston, is misrepresent what he's hired." It's a certain level of cynicism. It's a certain level of sinister. It's a sinister behavior. 
because it shows what is within your character that you are willing to win a race by creating a false racialization where none should really exist. And, you know, this type of behavior should be, you know, I can understand if the average American non-political citizen listening to this don't get it. But the media is there. And the media should immediately have seen what John Whitmire was doing out there. Oh, my chief of staff was Korean. My other person was this. And, and, and by the way, uh, Houston is a diverse city. And look at City Hall. Look at the heads in City Hall. Well, yeah, let's really look at all the heads at City Hall and who they have been. Uh, Turner has been there for eight years, right? Look at who and what. They've been throughout these years, not just an instant in time. This is sinister and this speaks about character. Let's listen to how uh, Whitmar said it and then we'll take it on the other side. We brag about our diversity, rightfully so. We're the most diverse city in the nation, something to be proud of. I went to high school here, I attended U of H. I've watched this beautiful transition. It's taking place as we gather here tonight. But City Hall does not represent that diversity. Look at the department heads, pull them up, Google them. Look at who's running the city of Houston. It's not the Asian community. The Hispanic community is severely underrepresented. So let's practice what we're so proud of. Let's bring everyone together. Let's be in every community. Let's take care of those that need a voice at City Hall. I've got a record of longevity in my office. A Korean GG Lee has been my chief of staff in my district office for 17 years. Laura Wendler, my chief of staff in Austin, has been there 20 years. People want to work for me because we get things done. We do significant things. We don't just hand out proclamations and flags. We present results. I noticed that uh, that Whitmer got some high-profile Latinos, and I don't. I didn't see any high-profile. African Americans, but some some African Americans touting support for him. I tell you something that Whitmire did what he did in that little piece, even as some would not see it as sinister as it is, should point out that it's a slick operator that just in a recent debate on uh, Fox twenty six. John Whitmer, who's currently running against Sheila Jackson Lee for mayor, attempted to do a rope a dope on on Sheila Jackson Lee using uh, our current mayor Sylvester Turner. To be clear, both Sylvester Turner and Jackson Lee are black. There are two African Americans. Now, you know the character of a person when they use this classic technique, which thankfully, Sylvester Turner saw it right away and called it out with a fairly, with a seven minute or so monologue at City Hall. But let me prep it for a bit. In effect, what Whitmire did 
was lied about uh, Sylvester Turner's record as far as who he hires to head departments. Whitmer, or rather, Sylvester Turner has been very open. Look, I am not necessarily a huge fan of Sylvester Turner. I'm not a huge fan of any of these what I call establishment politicians. But when it comes to diversity, Sylvester Turner made sure that his administration reflected Houston. The chief of police was Latino and, and uh, uh, the, the head of the uh, fire department, Latino, etc. He brings in people of all different ethnicities because that's who our city is. But of course, more recently, uh, the chief of police has been black. And what Whitmer was trying to do is highlight the heads of the divisions that uh, that are currently getting a lot of attention, who turns out to be black, by then triangulating Sheila Jackson Lee into the discussion by saying, look at what this guy has done, who his heads are. She brings Sheila in. It's not going to represent the diversity that we have in Houston. After all, you know, I don't see Asians and and he starts to uh, create these identities that don't really reflect what Sylvester Turner has done throughout his administration. But an instant in time. Right. It is a classic thing. That is done by politicians who, while not necessarily racist themselves, understands that there's a certain racial angst within the population and they try to utilize it to, so that when that person goes to vote, they think, uh, I have this little thing here and the racialization, the carnality comes out. It's a nasty move. And it's so subtle that if you don't understand these concepts, it is so subtle the way it is done. That once again, often it works. Not this time. I love the way Sylvester Turner called it out. Check it out. As, and also calling out the media who has given Whitmire a pass for the dog whistles that he has been using throughout the campaign. Let's listen to Sylvester Turner. And then to talk about conflicts, my God. You want to talk about conflicts? I've been a lawyer at a major law firm. I've been a partner in another 32. I worked for my money. I've been to the courthouse. I've tried cases. I've had clients. I've consulted. I've worked and written briefs. I got paid for what I did. Not just sit in an office and then wait for folk to come to you because you're in the Senate. And the media knows this, too. So... When we start talking, looking at folks, do people just look at me just because I'm sitting in this chair and the way I look? And we don't look at other folk and their conflicts? 
We don't talk about other people and their known conflicts. Is it just people like me that get evaluated? Just me? So you're going to let other people talk about conflicts? And he's been saying that for 50 years and nobody wants to talk about his conflicts? Where's the equity in coverage? And let me just say, all of my life, my parents told me you have to dot every I, you have to cross every T, you have to stay clearly within the lines, you have to run faster, work harder, and be better. That's all my life my parents said that to me. But other folk can operate in their own little world with their own conflicts, and it's okay. It's all right. The reason I'm bringing this up, Chronicle wrote about it this morning. And then lastly, what I'm going to say, when I ran, every facet of my life, the media talked about when I did, when I got a, a, a ticket for not having an inspection sticker, the media wrote about it. Every facet, everything was covered by the media. Here's somebody who's been sitting there for 50 years, and he gets a pass because he, it's, I guess it's all right. But dog whistles, I know a dog whistle. I know a dog whistle. Now, I'm not on the ballot. I need to focus on people on the ballot. But I am going to defend my record here at City Hall. Now, I'm going to do that. And quite frankly, after eight years, I shouldn't have to do that by myself. <laughs> the media knows. I shouldn't even have to say it. Why do I have to say it when I've been here for 80 years and the media and everybody else have seen the people I have appointed? Almost on every boarding commission, we make sure that there's diversity. You all have seen them. Mm -hmm. On every board, commission, TERS, management district, we work hard to make sure there's diversity because that's a reflection of this city. So, disappointed with that, I'm through with it. Oh, and then let me just talk about Papa's, yes, since he brought that up, too. So, you want us to just give a contract because you like that person when they didn't score? And when it's gone through the court system, then the judge validated what the city did? So, what's your plan? Undo everything and just give stuff away when you get here. Well, maybe to the extent he get here, maybe he will be able to be allowed to do it because I'm I, number one, I don't want to do it, but I know I can't do it. But maybe he, if he gets here, maybe he'll be allowed to do it and it will be okay. Yesterday at the Georgia Brown, we had a um, male summit. We had about three to four hundred young guys 
and trying to keep them on the straight and narrow. Tell them you can be all that your talent will allow you to be. But we also have to remind them, and it's important, life is not fair. And don't expect in so many ways to be treated fairly. That's a difficult lesson to tell young folk, but it's one they need to hear. Don't necessarily be expected to be treated fairly, but you still, as my mama would say, you still have to navigate through the system. And in many cases, you have to smile when you don't feel like smiling. And you have to laugh when you don't feel like laughing. Because if you come across as an angry person, then that's the clip that will be shown. So you have to smile when you don't feel like smiling. And oftentimes, you have to let things go because people don't want to hear all of that. I've learned that. I'm 69 years old. I've learned that. But there comes a point in time, especially coming up at the last part of my term as mayor for eight years, I've held a whole lot in. But these sort of attacks coming at the end, I won't let go. I won't do that because there's somebody coming after me. And collectively, we've worked hard to move this city in the right direction and to hold this city together. And you can be, you can run, but there are certain things you don't have to do. And you don't have to give dog whistles in order to gain an advantage. And we need to call it when we see it. Because otherwise, it may be on this side today, but it'll happen to somebody else down the road. All right, I'm not going to play the rest of it because I'm coming up on time. But I want everybody here to look up who Lee Atwater is. The technique that you saw John Whitmire use is the technique that was prevalent, that was taught by Lee Atwater. And I'm going to just tell you one of the things he said. In these days, you don't use the certain word anymore. You use other things around to get the point across. And that is what Whitmire did. Now, I have uh, Brian and Bard. You're only going to get 15 seconds. So make sure you're prepared with what you want to say in 15 seconds because we got to get out of here. Brian, come on in. You got 15 seconds. Yeah, do you have a Twitter account? Yes, I do. Egberto Willis. At Egberto Willis. Okay. Thank you, Jack Jack Smith just subpoenaed uh, Twitter. They denied. He put a $375,000 fine on them. Anybody that checked out that uh, was Trump, dropped Trump. uh, All right. Now got you there, Brian. We got we got your Jace. Gotta go to Bard. Come on now, Bard. I told you 15 seconds. Be prepared. Come on in, Bard. Mayor Turner, do you know who Marvin Agamago is? Yes, oh, I don't continue. Know him. Continue. Really? Who is this you're with in Africa in a wedding dress? Okay, Mayor. 
please, everyone, right. go look up E.B. Davis' report on Sylvester Turner's water department. To okay, folks, week. again, that all of this stuff falls under Lee Atwater's domain. Thank you, Bard. We'll talk another day. I gotta run, I'm running out of time. Anyway, folks, thank you so kindly for listening today to the program. Thank you, all my callers. Thank you, uh, Howard and Jack. I'll pass it to you to close us out. Oh, you're not going to pass it to me? Well, to fine you. then. No, I said I'm <laughs> passing to you to close it out. <laughs> um, okay. Hey, we got a town hall meeting coming up tomorrow. And there's more information at kpft.org. So we're going to be discussing uh, the public and KPFT. So come and find out what's going on. There's also a Zoom element to it also. And I believe the link is posted on our website, kpft.org. Should be very interesting. Jack, what you got? Ding dong, the Wicked Witch is dead. Which one? <laughs> Wicked Witch <laughs> is dead. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, no, he was a demon. He's not a witch. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> what, a oh, way man. what a way to end the show. But anyway, thank you, all our listeners. Thank you, all our callers. Thank you, uh, Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Beber. You guys know I love you all. We only do the truth here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.